27, Matthew 27, verse 57. Amen. Good to see you all again. Tony, you know the, the joke with this. Alima. At least hers is legit. Alima. Alima name is legit. Tony's name is Tony, but on his birth certificate it says Lorente. And I'm still trying to figure out how these, you know, I got one more thing I need to say about this. Foreigners can't help themselves. <laughs> I stood in the back and I'm worshiping the Lord. I said to Shanae, look at all the foreigners. As they were playing, Jehovah you, I trust, I believe in you. I said, watch all the foreigners. They can't help themselves. The hips was moving. You can just see it, how it just moved. They're just flowing. You know, everybody else trying to do their best to, you know, worship the Lord. The foreigners, oh, they was in their wheelhouse. I said, look at them, all of them. I was just looking. I said, boy, listen, they can't help themselves. I guess that's just in our roots, I guess, right? Can't help ourselves. I think foreigners is the creator of real music. You know, music, you don't hear music until you go foreign country, man. I don't know. These foreigners know how to move their hips and know how to dance. Give it all to Jesus, baby. It's all right. Give it to Jesus. He'll take it. Matthew 27, 57. The word of the Lord says in verse 57, When even or evening was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea, Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb. Somebody say new tomb. Which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. They called Jesus a deceiver. Commanded, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Error they're talking about is they're still saying he is claiming to be the Messiah and he's not. And now he's claiming that he's going to rise and he won't. So we don't want any error. We don't want any complication. Let's just shut up that tomb so he will not be stolen out of there. Pilate said unto them, ye have watched. Go your way. Make it sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Meaning they sealed it up and put guards outside of it. 
Now we'll jump down to the scripture that follow, which is now 28, chapter 28, verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Now, I thought the place was sealed and the angels rolled it back. But we'll get into that today. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic. Don't let the stone stop you. Don't let the stone stop you. Let's pray for a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we need for your spirit to move in this place, to touch the hearts of your people. God, we need to hear a word that will help us. We're here today, Lord, because we want you to work in our life. And Lord, we yield ourselves, we surrender ourselves to you now and say, have your way, do what you want. Do what you want in us in this place. Lord, we ask that you will manifest your power by miracles, signs, wonders, demonstration, Lord. I pray that the gifts of the Spirit will operate and that the power of God will be revealed. Will you send angels this morning, Lord, that they will come and encamp round about this place and look into this place. God, you know the situation that we're all in or situations that we're all battling with. But Lord, there is nothing too hard for you. Oh God, you can do the impossible. You can do the miraculous. And today, Almighty God, we cry out to you to say, Jesus, will you do what only you can do? Will you deliver today? Will you set the captives free today? Will you speak clearly and directly to somebody that they will turn around, that they will trust in you, that they will obey you? Today, my God, I pray that you will pour out of your spirit from upon, from heaven upon all of us and that we will never be the same again. Lord. Will you have your way today, O oh great God and master and ruler, designer and shaper of this universe. We love you, Jesus, and we adore your great God. You are our God, our Father, and our Lord, and we worship and adore all these things we ask and put before you today. We ask that you would give ears to our prayers and grant us the petitions, for we say, not our will, but thine will be done. Well, Somebody say in Jesus' name, clap your hands and give him praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. According to scripture, according to the text we just read, mankind had just finished doing their worst that they could do to Jesus. They lied on Jesus. They mocked him. They spat upon him. They beat him half to death and hung him on the cross. They wanted him to be dead. When he finally died, they took him off the cross and they buried him in a tomb and rolled this great gigantic stone before the tomb, and they didn't just roll it and left it there. They sealed it shut. They said, we're going to make sure this dude 
don't do anything that he claimed he would do. Why would they be afraid of Jesus getting out? Why was it so important to make sure he never came out of that tomb? Why was it so important to keep him right there that nothing he said could be possible? They were afraid of him getting out because they knew what he could do. They was afraid of him getting out because they knew what he could do. It's kind of silly. That's why they did that. Because if what he said was really what he could do, then what was going to stop him anyway? The almighty God, Jesus Christ, can raise the dead. He can heal the sick. He can set the captives free. He can work out any situation that any one of us may have in our life, even now, and He can save sinners. If we will trust the Lord as we sang so beautifully this morning, Jehovah, you I trust. If somebody will trust Him this morning, I guarantee you there is nothing, nothing that God can do that you need Him to do. Like Jesus, many of us today are in a tomb. We're in a tomb that is sealed shut. The devil was afraid of Jesus coming out of that tomb because he knew what Jesus could do. And if you are in a tomb sealed shut under the sound of my voice right now, you know what it means? The devil is afraid of you. The devil knows just a little bit more about you than you know about you. And he's so afraid of the possibilities and what you can do and who you are that he wants to keep you in a tomb that is Sealed shut that you can't do what you're supposed to do. The devil knows you better than you think he does. And because he knows your capability, he is trying to keep you in that tomb. He's trying to keep you right where you are. And that's what he's trying to do. He showed us with Jesus. That's what his deal is. That's what he's trying to accomplish. And he's doing it with many of us today. The devil knows. He wants to keep you locked in your tomb so you're useless. Mm-hmm. 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 He knows as long as he can keep you there in that tomb, you can never be who God designed you to be. He knows if he can keep you right there, he can keep you right in a place of do nothing. There's another scripture text in Daniel chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And, here we go, a stone was brought and laid upon the mount of the den. And the king, what did he do? Mm, they, he sealed it 
with his own signet and with the signet of the Lord's that the purpose might be, might not be changed concerning the devil is trying to make sure your purpose will not be changed. See, the devil has a purpose for you, and that is to make you useless, and that's to make you just just a nothing, and he wants to keep it that way. And that's why he will put us in a tomb and seal it up so you can be useless. His, his plan for you is for you to be useless. And we take him for granted like he doesn't exist, like he's not working in the background. His plan is for you to be useless. His plan for you is for you to be a nothing. His plan is for you to not be effective, for you to not accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. That's his plan. By putting you in the tomb, his plan will be accomplished. By allowing you to be in your tomb and sealed up. His plan for your life, the devil's plan for your life will be accomplished. Listen to me. We are being rewired and programmed by our smartphones and electronic devices and we don't even realize it. Let me talk about that for a second. Our world system is doing a masterful job rewiring and programming us to make us believe that what we are striving for or what we want to be is our very own choice. You better hear me this morning. When God gives me a word to preach, if it comes early throughout the week, thoughts start following. And this is a clear thought I got. The devil is rewiring and programming us, setting us up, guiding our life, and make us think that's what we want and that's what we're supposed to be. The world system, listen to me, is choosing for us and make us believe it's us that's doing the choosing. Go to CVS. If you have medicine, you know what they do? They put you on a scheduled refill. You didn't choose that, but they make you believe, oh, it will be so much easier for you. And you thought you chose, but all they want to do is control your money. They want to control you being on that medicine. So they said, let me put you on a scheduled routine or rotation of it just being refilled automatically. Yeah, but that was your choice. Uh huh. That's what you think. Everything this world is doing through our device, because our device can do everything. We start rolling with it, and we just say, yeah, that's what you do. We're making all these decisions and choices because we're being set up and guided to make those decisions and choices, and we're feeling like it's us that's making the choice. When will we sometimes just stand and say, I'm not doing that? When will we just stand up and say, that's enough. I'm not doing that. We just let it just keep on controlling us. Oh, you don't have a choice. Oh, yes, you do have a choice. Here is the problem. Long before this world system decided to shape your life, control and guide your life, 
You, you, every one of you, individually, every one of you already existed in the mind of God. We better understand what's going on. Before this world was ever created, before anything was ever established in this world, you were already in the mind of God. God already knew who you are and what you would be and what you were supposed to accomplish. It was already in God's mind. And God wanted it that way. And we're letting this world system and the devil decide what's supposed to happen. No! God, your creator, already established that long before the foundation of this world. And we're living our life with the system just fanning us along. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me make the path easy for you. And then we all start doing it. And when we all start doing it, it just means it's, it's, it's acceptable because we all do it now. Mm, help us, Holy Ghost. And God is saying, are you kidding me? I knew you before you was even formed in your mother's womb. I knew you and I ordained who you would be. And here you come thousands of years later. Here you come and you come into this world and you just let your life be controlled and shaped by the system and not by the one that created you. Your existence in the Almighty's mind was already there. And we have to understand that. This world is, has, has blocked God's plan and purpose for many of our lives. It has blocked it. We can't see what God wants because we've already gone in the main flow of what this world is programming for what it wants to do. God wants you to know his plan and purpose for your life is eternal. Listen to me. Me, I'm not exempt. We're all set up to want this for this moment and after a while, we get tired of it. The thing you thought was just real good and it was good for you. The thing that you thought, oh yeah, this is best. This is another thing that you can look at our world and say, let me back up a little bit. Because things keep changing and changing and changing. And if you know anything about the personality of our God, it says he's God and he changed not. So if he's not changing, why we keep on changing and changing? Oh, that was good, but we don't do that no more. That should tell you all those things is contrary, anti what God has already established. And so everything is changing constantly. God's plan for your life is eternal. It won't change. Nothing will come. They won't invent anything in this world. And God said, oh, snap, they invented that. Let me change so." You think God is being caught off surprise by the way our world is being changed and developed? You think God is shocked about what's going on? Oh no, God knew all of what was going on will go on in our world even before we were here. God's plan for your life, his purpose for your life is eternal. It is for, listen to me, God's plan and purpose for your life is for your very own good. Let's be truthful. 
let me just use something really simple. I've been going to the prison, the prison for years teaching inside. And what I've come to understand was the system depend on the recidivism rate to stay up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, all right, we all know that. So, most of these people that are locked in, the system is just like preying on it. Yeah, we want to keep them coming back. Sometimes as soon as they get let out, especially if you was in the game, hustling or anything like that, man, as soon as they want to get something, they come and pinch you and tell them about, you know, they pinch you for something little so you can tell on somebody that's doing something big. But the point is, they're depending on your situation for their own good. That's what I'm saying. They're depending on you keep going back to jail so the correction officers can get a whole lot of overtime. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so they, 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 they might make that they're... Whoever's pulling the strings behind this world, which I know who it is, is to benefit them. And we're just rolling like, yeah, yeah. And we're claiming it like it's ours. No, no, no. It's to benefit somebody else, not you. You're a pawn. You're a means to an end. And all of God's plan for his purpose and plan for your life, the other thing is, it was born out of love for you. Listen, we have messed love up, and love just means I will love you if you do what I want. That's, that, that's, that's, you know, how we do it. But God loved us in spite of who we are. Because we didn't always obey God. And God loved us even when we didn't obey him. So God loved you just straight up because he's responsible for you being here. If you hate your own children, something is wrong with you. <laughs> and so you, you are God's children. So he loves you. He doesn't have a choice but to love you. So God's purpose and plan for your life, it's eternal. God's purpose and plan for your life is good for you. God's purpose and plan for your life was born out of love. See if you can find anything else or anyone else to match that. See if you can find it. And I think for so long, I'm going to try my best over the next few months to try to get you to understand who you are and who you're supposed to be so you stop trying to go after something that you shouldn't be going after, that, that you've been tricked to think that's what you're supposed to go after. You're going after things that you've been tricked, sideswiped, that you've been guided, set up to go after. The purpose of the stone and the watchman is to destroy faith. To cause despair. To cause hopelessness to be in your heart. To cause you to take up an offense. (laughs) To cause you to see something that may look bigger than you and you can't see your way out. It's there to cause you to give up. It's there to stop you from further progressing. Stop all activities in your life. That's what the stone is there for. That's what the watchmen are there for, to stop you and make you 
believe that you're not stopped. You're okay. You're doing well. But you don't realize that you're stopped because anything that's outside of its purpose, that's outside of what it was created to do, you're ineffective anyway. But you can convince yourself that you're effective. But if you're not operating according to your purpose, you're not effective. The stone is simply an obstacle designed to hinder you. There are stones before us that we're behind. We're locked in the tomb. And the stone is before us. And we are being hindered. We're being stopped. We're being kept back from being who we're supposed to be. The stone, it can also be pain. Physical or emotional. Anything that's stopping you, hindering you, make you useless. Containing you, it's a stone. It could be family problems. It could be marital problems. It could be financial problems. It could be people problems. Let me tell you something. The devil is not afraid of your religion. The devil is not afraid that you believe Jesus Christ. The devil is not afraid of anything you say if he can keep you contained and keep you behind the stone and make you useless. Yeah, we think. I'm saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized with Jesus on my side. And the devil walk around and said, mm-hmm, and what you doing? Nothing. You're just behind the stone. You're useless. You're, you're doing nothing. You can't accomplish nothing. You just come to that place and sit down and act like you all right when you just behind the stone. I got you right where I want you. That's just what the devil is saying to many of us. I got you just where I want you. And you're going to pretend like you doing something. You ain't doing nothing but what the devil want. No, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. Remember now, follow me. I'm not telling you you're out there doing bad stuff. I'm telling you you're inactive. You're useless. You're contained. You are not being who God designed you to be. And the devil is behind that work. Yes. He don't care about what you believe. He don't care if you come to church all the time. He don't care about that. He just wants you to stay behind that stone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The devil knows if that stone is ever removed, huh, your possibility of doing so much damage to the devil's kingdom he will be so worried that if you ever, ever get free from that tomb and ever come from behind that stone, he's afraid the damage that you can do to his kingdom. He's afraid so much that he's doing his best to keep you contained without you knowing you're being contained because he shakes and he trembles. If you ever get out of your situation. You ever get out of your tomb. You ever get from behind that stone. He will have a bad nightmare from you. His kingdom will be damaged by you. You will snatch your family and friends out of hell. And the devil knows it. And he's keeping you in that tomb. Behind that stone. Sealed it up. Sealed it up. You're saying Jesus is my Lord. And the devil is saying, mm-hmm, but where are you? What are you doing? You right behind that stone. 
You can't do nothing. Uh huh. The devil doesn't care what you believe as long as you stay contained. The devil don't care what you say you believe as long as you never get your situation fixed. The devil will love to keep you behind the stone of depression. Behind the stone of offense. That's one of the big, well, they're all big stones that cover the mouth of the tomb. But can I just take one second to just tell you, one of the slickest tricks the devil used is offense. And let me tell you what's worse than a regular offense. You taking up somebody else's offense. I'm telling you, I know it like I know myself. That offense thing, the devil will get you offended. And that will keep you right in that tomb. That will keep you right behind that stone because you're offended. And then you know what's even worse? You you take on somebody else's offense. So Tony come tell me, yeah, man, you know, I, I just got a problem how she talked and said this to me. And, you know, and so now, you know, I'm taking on Tony's offense. Because Tony had a problem with someone. I'm taking on Tony's offense. That's damaging. Damaging. We're all going to have offense, but to take on somebody else's offense is going to damage your soul. Because what happens sometimes is Tony get it right with her, and I see Tony and her talking, and now I'm extra mad because I'm like, he came to me telling me she was the worst, and now look how he's chumming it up with her. Don't take up nobody's offense. You're going to have your own offense. And you just got to learn how to deal with your own offense. Don't take up nobody else's. It will ruin your relationship with God. Yeah, the devil is trying to keep you through a fence behind his stone. He, he wants to keep you behind his stone through fear. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. If you love Jesus unconditionally, fear has to go. If you love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, fear just has to go. You know why fear has to go when you love God with everything, Tony? Because when you're in love with God and you have a relationship with God, whatever is happening, you say, if I'm here, God's got me. And if God decided to call me home, God's got me. What is anything going to be fearful to me for? So whether I'm here in the flesh, in the earth, or whether I'm in the presence of the Lord, it does not matter. I'm with the Lord. So I don't care what comes my way. And that's why perfect love, it's because of your unconditional perfect love that you have in Jesus Christ. That fear cannot rule your life. Perfect love. Cast out fear. The Bible says God is love. You just love him up. You get in tune with God and everything just got to go. I'm almost finished. There are lots of Christians that are being held hostage. And that's just what the devil wants. We, 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 we have already claimed Jesus is our Lord. We've already been baptized. And even some of us, even if we're not, we're, we're trying to do the right thing. And so we're, we're believing God. But we still feel like... Nothing is moving in our life. That's because you're held hostage. 
You're behind the stone. You're in that tomb. Yeah. But you're being held hostage. God wants us out and liberated. The devil wants you contained. Contained. That's what he wants. Containment for you. You can say whatever you want. Just stay right here. You ever watch kids? I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. Say whatever you want. They don't care. And that's like the devil. You can claim everything you want. You can say whatever you want. Preacher, you can preach whatever you want. But if the devil got us contained, that's all he cares about. He walking around saying, y'all can act like you got it going on, but I know what's going on. I know when you leave church, you can't pray. I know when you leave church, you can't get it together. I know when you leave church, you're home and you're just doing all kinds of things. That's not godly. I know when you go to work, you don't you know, project godly. I know all those things because I got you contained. I got you behind the stone. I got you in the tomb. So guess what? I don't care what you do when you go to church because I got you. Ugh. Don't let the stone stop you. Tell your neighbor, don't let the stone stop you. If you contain something, it will never reach its maximum because it is contained. Whether you notice or not, I'm going to tell you this. A lot of us experience frustration because whether we're acknowledging it or not, you know with the potential that you have, you're supposed to accomplish more than you have accomplished so far. That breeds frustration within you. And it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I think I got that going sometimes. You just, you just feel like, there should have been more. I should have been, been able to accomplish more or gone ahead more. And this is all in God is what I'm saying. Because one thing I know about God is you just get into God's space. You get God in your life. And everything that you are trying to accomplish will be so much easier to accomplish. With God, all things are possible. And a lot of times we're trying to accomplish these things and putting God to the side. Uh-huh. 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 And God is saying, don't you know I'm the Almighty? You're trying to do that on all by yourself, trying to do it without me. Is that what you're trying to do? All right. Go ahead and try it. Go ahead and try it. God is ready to liberate us and remove the stone that's containing us. Oh, somebody help me to you. You, you got to believe that. All right. I'm almost done. But I'm going to say this to you. There is two ways that's going to bring change to your life. Two ways that's going to bring change to your life. Two ways. Maybe this is going to be the most important thing I say to you today. Two ways that bring change to your life. You either have to make a decision consciously that you want change in your life and begin to do it. With the help of the Lord, I can do all things through Christ. So if you make that decision that that's what you're going to do, you can do all things through Christ. Boom. You trust God and you can get it done. You know what's the other way? The Lord leaves you alone and let the devil do whatever he wants to do to you. Hmm. 
Because here is how we change sometimes. Again, you can do it on your own or God leave you alone. Let the devil take care of it. Because here's what. At some point in time, as the devil is doing what he wants, one day you're going to wake up with tears in your eyes. I can't do this no more. (laughs) Sooner or later, the Lord will just take his hands off of you and say, devil, do what you will with them. I'm just going to let them deal with what they, and when they can't take it no more, they're going to say, I can't take it no more. Help me, Jesus. Those are the only two ways we change. You can try it some other way. I am telling you, those are the only two ways we're going to change. Either you're going to have to go through some stuff and the devil just keep on pressing you and he keep on putting his foot on your neck and you just keep taking it. And he keep treating you all terribly and you keep taking it. And he keeps doing you all kind of way. Today you're up tomorrow. And he keeps just doing you anyhow he feels and you keep taking it. And if you never say, I can't anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't live like this anymore. That's you making your declaration that you need a change in your life. But it's not because you decided that. It's because you had no choice. You was forced to do it. Some of us are going to be forced to make changes. And you've heard me said many times, I don't want to be forced to make the change. I want to consciously make the change. Because I believe we lose ground. When we're being forced to make the change. So just think about how long you got to go through stuff for it to break you down, for it to just just work you over. And all, all that time that you're, you're wasting just getting beat up and getting messed up and just taking it and taking it. All of that time, if you had just made that decision before all of that, that God, I surrender to you, you will save a lot of time. And there are some people... When God allowed them to go through it, they get bitter with God and they never make it back. God, how can you let this? And God is saying with tears in his eyes, didn't I get beat? Didn't I get beat for you? Didn't I get spat upon for you? Didn't I get mocked for you? Didn't they put the sword through my side for you? And you can lay there, sit there while you're going through your worst time and say, how can I leave you here? And so you get bitter and you never call upon God because you say, how can you be God if you never touch my life and you know what I'm going through? And God is saying, I know what you're going through. You keep making decisions to keep going through that. When are you going to stop and say, God, I want to change my life. I want you to do whatever you got to do in me to change me. But I, I don't want to keep going through this. When are you going to say that? It's not right to get bitter at God when God has done up front already what he needs to do. Up front. Before you knew who Jesus was, Jesus gave his life for you. Before you knew who Jesus was, he was mocked and beaten. Before, who, before you ever knew who Jesus was, he went through persecution and ridicule for you. Yes, he did. So there is no excuse when you're hitting rock bottom and thinking, why don't he come and rescue me? Because if he rescues you, you're going to go right back to rock bottom. If he come and say, come on, he'll pull you up and you'll go right back. This is why we can't change except we make the conscious decision on our part and say, Christ, I want to change and I'm going to commit my life to change. 
or he leave you alone and let the world work you over and let the devil do what he got to do. And then finally, when you can't take no more, then you say, I want to be changed. Those are the two ways. There's no in between. You make the choice or you go through a whole lot of stuff for it to really happen for you. All right. So God wants to remove your stone. Just like the stone was removed for him, he wants to remove the stone out of your life. He wants to liberate you so you can come out of your tomb. God is ready to liberate you. God is ready to remove the stone out of your life. Now, just what I just said, this is what you need to do. The first thing you need to do for God to move the stone out of your life, the first thing you need to do is make up your mind and commit that you will follow God's plan and purpose for your life. See, it makes no sense for God to remove or to bring you out of the tomb and to remove the stone out of your life if your decision will be, I'm not going to follow God's plan and purpose in my life. Because God designed you with a plan and with a purpose. And so if you decide and make up in your mind today, God, I'm going to follow your plan and purpose for my life. If you decide that and you sincerely admit to that and you decide, I'm going to follow God's plan and purpose, he will liberate you out of that tomb and he will remove that stone out of your life. I promise you that. That's the first thing that you need to do. If you sincerely commit yourself to God's purpose and plan, for your life, God will begin to do some things that you would not thought was ever possible. Hmm. Some of us have kind of just held to who we are and what we're going to be. This is who I am. Oh, that's who you have become. Not with God's permission. You have become what you have become on your own, what you wanted to do. Not with God's permission. And God wants to make a change in your life so you can go back to what he created you to be. What he designed for your life to accomplish. The next thing we need to do is open our mouth and ask Jesus to liberate us. Remove that stone out of our life. Faith without works is dead. If I say I believe, I better start doing something. Listen, notice with Jesus Christ, the stone was not removed by man. Go back and look at the text if you want to read it. We read it earlier. That stone was not rolled away by like five men or something. It didn't get a whole bunch of dudes that said, yo, let's roll this stone away. No, it was an angel. That came and rolled the stone away. So what I'm here to tell you today is if you're going to get some things removed out of your life, that stone is going to be rolled away. You can't do it. The pastor can't do it. Nobody can do it. It's only the divine power from heaven that can roll that stone out of your life. Which means we're going to have to get up 
get on our knees, whatever we got to do, and call on the name of the Lord Jesus to say, Lord, I have these situations, or I have this situation, and I know it's only by the divine power of heaven that this situation will ever be turned around or ever changed. You have to know that. Now, if you think you can work out your situation, go ahead and try it. And if you think your situation can get worked out with you do it on your own terms, go ahead and try it. When God wants to change our life, if we're sincere, we will do it on his terms. I've watched, I watch my own life when I try to live for God on my own terms. I'm going to get baptized February 1st, 2000, no, that wasn't 2000, Lord, February 1st, 1996. Or 97. That's what I said. I said, I'm going to get baptized February 1st, 1997, Saturday morning. Oh, I said that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know what? All the way up to that time, I'm just going to live like a heathen. I'm going to keep on doing my thing. And then when February 1st come, I'm going to, that's it. That's what I did. Then I said, and God's going to fill me with the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to be, I got it all planned out. No, Holy Ghost. The plan just started falling apart. And finally, I had to say, all right, Lord, all right, all right. And start following the plan that he has and not my own plan. We can't get changed. The stone can't be removed. We can't get out of the tomb on our terms. That's why we're still in the tomb. That's why the stone is still in the way. Because we're trying to do it on our terms. I, I never forget Naaman. I always think about Naaman. The other day I was showing some people uh, the picture that I, some of the pictures I took when I went to Israel. How the Jordan River was so dirty. It was dirty. Jordan River is terrible. You can't see in that thing. And I never forgot when the prophet told Naaman, you got to go dip in the Jordan seven times. And Naaman is a king. Oh, that's beneath me. It's beneath me. I'm not dipping in no Jordan River, that dirty. That's beneath me. I got people that I wave my hands and they got to do stuff. That's beneath me. I got maids. I got stuff. I'm not dipping in no Jordan Rivers to get healed. But the leprosy was still there. Still was sick. <laughs> And finally he went back and says, all right, all right, all right, what do I have to do? Same thing, dip in the river seven times, that dirty river. And Naaman did eventually get to the Jordan River and dipped in it seven times. Guess what happened to Naaman? He was healed. But he was never going to be healed until he did it God's way. We will never get liberated. The stone will never be removed. Until we do it God's way. And sometimes God's way means you're going to cry like a baby. Because it goes so much against all that you have built up. Mm, I must be talking to somebody. You have built things up a certain way. Who you are. I can speak for myself. I had built up things a certain way. And when the Spirit of God came upon me and moved me, all I could do is cry. Because I'm like, oh, God, I got to do this. Oh, God, yes, I will follow you. Oh, God, just, just break you. Because you realize this will never work if I just keep doing it on my own. It will never work. 
the other thing is, to make it work is, you need somebody in your life to help you make it work. It's not going to work without somebody in Christ that you have to trust, that you have to say, I know you have my back, that you have to say, I believe you're a man of God or a woman of God. You got to have that. Because here's the deal. Naaman didn't go to God, the prophet of God. The prophet of God went to Naaman. So a lot of times we try to circumvent the system. I'll just go to God. And guess what? Let you in a little secret. God is God enough that if you come to him, he can do it. But sometimes he won't. Because him just doing it for you don't help you. <laughs> come on, Jesus. I know I know the Holy Ghost is help. Sometimes God says, I hear you, son. I hear your daughter. But you need to go the way I want you to go. It's not because I can't do it when you come directly to me. I need you to go the way. Because there are things that you will get in the process of doing it the way I told you. Not coming to me so I bail you out. Example. My wife tell Jordan something. I'm his father. I'm her husband. I've got the veto power. And he comes to me because he wants me to use veto power. I said, dude, what did your mom say? Go do that. Why? There's something he needs to learn. Amen. Respect. If somebody tell you to do something, daddy's not bailing you out. You need to listen. There's something you're going to get out of the process by doing what she said and not try to use me to bail you out. And that's how God is wanting to deal with some of us. We want to get bailed out. And he's saying, nope. There's a process that I've established that you got to go through so you can get everything I need you to get in going where you need to go. Amen. It's the way it works. I wish it would work some other way. Because sometimes you just want to be who you want to be. But that's not how God works. Let's stand. Now listen to me. I've got good news for you. You will achieve your greatest accomplishments when Jesus free you and remove your stone. Watch it. I'm going to give you scripture for it. Your life will impact more people than you can ever imagine. And the power of God will emanate from your life like it has never emanated from your life. When you surrender and say, God, I'm going to obey your purpose and plan for my life. God, I surrender and I want your will to be done. When you do that, you're going to experience power like you never dreamed you could experience. You're going to experience authority and you're going to be able to impact people's life. You're going to be able to reach your family and friends that you never thought was possible. How can I say that? Matthew 28. All of what we read earlier, this is the end of all of what we read. Matthew 28 verse 18 says this, and Jesus came and spake unto them saying, some power some power. All power. All power. Amen. 
is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You don't get no authority until you submit to the authority. And if you will submit to God's purpose and God's plan, you will begin to experience the authority and power that God will give to you that you will never dreamed you could have experienced. Because he had all power. Because he followed the plan. He submitted to the plan. What was that plan? To be crucified. To be, to, 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 to be killed. To be buried. That was the plan. How can that be the plan? For me to die? For me to be hurt by people? For me to be mistreated? How can that be the plan? Well, that was the plan. And so God has got a purpose and a plan for you. And he's not going to let him go through that stuff. And you don't go through something similar. So you're going to get some persecution. So you're going to go through some struggles. Your death won't be physical. It will be a death of dying to yourself. So you're going to say, I'm done being who I like to be. Who I am used to being. But I'm going to be who God wants me to be. That's how you get power. That's how you get power. You can't get power just all by yourself. Because we only obey the police officer because we know what's behind him. We only obey the teachers and school children because we know what's behind them. But we don't obey nobody that we think is on the same level as us. Please, don't talk to me. You a man just like me. You a woman just like me. Uh-huh. That's how we operate. But guess what? If you want some Jesus power, you're going to have to come under some authority. And when you can come under some authority, the Lord will give you power. Guess why that makes sense? Because if you don't go under authority, you will abuse the power. He will not give you no power for you to abuse it. And if you don't know how to submit and come under authority, you will be walking around powerless thinking you got power. But really and truly, you have no power because God won't trust his power with reckless people. And so if we're going to not let the stone stop us, if we're going to make sure the stone gets out of our way, which we can't do it, but the supernatural power of God will get it done. If we're going to make sure that stone get out of our way, that, that those problems that we've been dealing with, those, those situations that we've been dealing with, that we have allowed to become content and comfortable with, if we, if we want to see those things get out of our way, we need to commit ourselves to Jesus Christ today, to his plan and to his purpose for our life and say, God, whatever it takes, I need your help, but I'm going to follow you. I want your purpose and plan for this life that you created and designed to be fulfilled. And so from this day forth, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I no longer live, but I want Christ to live in me. Will somebody believe that today if they want Jesus in their life? Will somebody understand that if God is going to be in your life, that's what you need? Will you bow your heads with me today? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Oh, God, we can't make it, Lord God, without making that conscious decision. We can't get it done, Lord God, with our own strength and our own power. Because, Lord God, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit, saith the Lord. And, Lord, if anything is going to change in us, it's going to have to be our commitment to you, our obedience and submission to you. Oh, somebody, that stone, that big boulder that is in your life, God wants to remove it out of your life. God wants to set you free. God wants to heal you and make you whole again. God wants to sustain you and keep you. God wants to work in your life. But will you trust Him? Will you trust God today? Will you say, God, I trust you. The only way I can make it is by trusting you. Will you say today, God, here I am, Lord. I give you my heart. I commit my ways, Lord God. I commit my ways. I commit my ways. I commit my heart. I commit my mind because I can't make it without you. Will somebody today make that declaration? Will somebody declare unto the Lord today, God wants to help us. God wants to take us, oh, in the place where he has designed. He says, thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemy. Even your enemy can't stop you when you submit to God. He will cause you to eat in the presence of your enemy and there's nothing that they can do about it. Oh, but you must commit your ways to God. Oh, will you not treat today just like any other day? When God comes calling and God shows up, will you just reach out to Him? Will you just ask Him to touch you? Will you just ask Him to help you? Will you just ask Him to teach you? Will you just ask Him to work in your life? Oh, God, help us today. Will somebody lift their hands and be honest, be true, be transparent, be at total surrenderance to God and say, God, I am going to be completely transparent and honest with you. I want to be what you want me to be. You have a purpose and you have a plan for my life. God, I want your purpose and my life to be fulfilled. I don't want to keep doing what I want because, God, I'm not being profited for eternal life. God, I don't have, oh Lord, a true direction. I'm just trying to go by what I should. But God, I know now I need to surrender to you. I know now I need to give myself to you. I know now I need to just completely surrender to you. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let your spirit, let your spirit move on us that we will get the affirmation of obeying and trusting you in the name of Jesus. Uh, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants you to operate in His strength and not your own strength. You operate in your strength, you become weary. You become tired. Stuff begins to overtake you because you can't handle it in your own strength. 
But God wants you to trust Him today and surrender to Him today. God wants you to obey Him today and completely commit your ways to Him. Come what may, just do what God wants for your life. God says, I will become the strength that you need. I will work through you. My strength, oh, will be seen in your weakness. My strength will be made perfect in your weakness. Now will you submit to me? Now will you trust me? And I will direct you. The things that must be done, my power. Oh, if you, if you will come to me, you don't need anybody else. You come to me and I will hear you. And I will hear you. I will hear you. I will hear you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus today, Lord God, I pray. Ah, my condolomoho, that faith, oh God, will overtake this lady, Lord God, and begin to work in her heart and mind, and she will begin to become doers. A doer of your word and not just a hero only. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, worship the Lord in this place. Come on, somebody, worship the Lord in this place. Come on, somebody, talk to God today. Pray and ask God to hear you and help you today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my God. He says, I'm ready for you. Are you ready for Jesus today? Are you ready for Jesus today? He wants you to know he's ready for you. If you will just come to him, if you will submit to him, if you will obey him, if you will trust him, he said, I will lead you in the path of righteousness. I will be your defense and I will do what needs to be done. I am the source and no one else is. In the name of Jesus, come on, worship the Lord. Lift your hands unto the Lord today and just worship him. Trust the Lord today and call upon his name. God is here and he wants to help you today. God is here. He wants to help you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Father, let your will be done. 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 I pray, God, that you'll order her steps. And that, God, you will come to a place of total surrenderance. Come to a place of total submission. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By faith, Lord God. By faith, Lord, that the will of God may be done. By faith, Lord God, I pray that you will do the miraculous. By faith, I pray that you will do what only you can do, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will move, oh God, and that he will reach out and embrace the will of God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Their pay, you know, their annual salary might